Welcome back to the Real Health Podcast. Today is an interview episode with Casey, founder of Selfly Women. Casey talks about how she overcomes challenges, leading with anxiety, life seasons and the transitions of these seasons, and why she decided to create the Selfly Women platform. Now, continuing to bring you episodes in the midst of a pandemic means online interviews. And after conducting this interview, I discovered that the quality of the audio wasn't amazing, but I do promise that the quality of the content and what Casey's talking about is. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Casey, welcome to the Real Health, Real Top podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So am I. And I feel like there's no awkwardness here because we both broke the ice with talking about poo. So, so good. Welcome to Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question I ask every guest is what does real health mean to you? This is actually a really hard question for me just because I've been struggling with my health since I was about 13. So I don't really know if I've ever had what people would consider real health. Real health to me is feeling mentally and physically well. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people can, you know, be really physically well, but that doesn't really mean much if you're not mentally well and vice versa. So real health is just that holistic idea of working on the whole body not just one thing. Yeah, I really I really resonate with that as well. I think as I've gotten a little bit older, like I'm still, I'm only, what, 22, but still when I was, I think when I was 17, looking back, even in that short amount of time, it has really changed my view on real health to be much more holistic. So yeah, I really resonate with that. Yeah, and I, I just don't think people understand that concept yet. Um, there's a lot of holistic coaches and things out there I see a kinesiologist, for example, and their whole view is holistic and food is medicine. But Mm -hmm. there's so much negativity around food and what people eat and what's right and what's wrong that it's so confusing. So how do you know what to do? (laughs) Like you, you look at one YouTube video or you see something on Instagram or something like that and you're like, well, I'm not doing that. And then you feel really crappy about yourself. not really what it's about in my opinion yeah oh 100% and that's one of the reasons that I actually went and studied nutrition and and fitness was because I was so overwhelmed by all of these contradicting topics and different beliefs and people preaching different things that I was like what is real health like I want to know I want to know one answer of what it is but the reason I started this podcast is because as I started studying, I realized that it's unique to everyone. Yeah, What works for everyone is going to be different, but a hundred percent, it's so hard when there's so many different opinions and people saying that this diet is perfect. And then another person who's, who is also meant to be a trusted professional is saying that it's crap. So it can be so overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. I went dairy free like three years ago now. And just trying to find recipes for dairy-free and Googling and Pinteresting and things like that. I spent nights in my bed crying going, I can't do this. It's too hard because there's just so much information out there. You just get information overload. The first segment I like to do is the real recap. So how has your last week been? Well, you've actually caught me on a really good week. So it actually hasn't been too bad. Um... I have just been doing the normal nine to five kind of work situation. Yesterday was not a great day. I was really, really tired. And I have I have a partner who has mm-hmm. two children 
And so I'm sort of coming in as, I guess, like the step parent, other adult figure in their life. And Mm -hmm. it can be really challenging. And yesterday really challenged me a lot because I was tired and in a bad mood. So after having a really great week at work and, you know, things actually getting ticked off the list, the house was clean, um, people being nice to me at work, which is always, (laughs) always really good. Um, Mm -hmm. And feeling well, yesterday it all just fell apart because a six-year-old and a three-year-old essentially beat me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, lots of adjustments in that side of life. Yeah, I saw saw in a post that you did talking a little bit about that and I, I would imagine it would be such a difficult transition, especially when I feel like sometimes it's a bit like a balancing act and I don't have children or stepchildren or anything but it's so funny that the polarity that you can have in your life you can have a week at work that's fantastic and then something at home's like not that great or then something at home's going amazing and then you go to work and then a customer's not very nice to you so I think it's so important to have that polarity because you really appreciate the different aspects of your life that are going well at that any given time. Yeah absolutely and it can all change in an instant but something that I've learnt probably only in the last 12 months is that a bad moment doesn't necessarily have to be a bad day or a bad day doesn't have to equal a bad week. So mm. it's just realising that something bad has happened or something has upset you, sitting in it and like letting it be with you for a moment and then going, righto, I'm good again, let's get back on track. That was the hardest thing for me to learn, especially like coming through anxiety and things like that, was that it doesn't have to be a whole bad day. It can just be a bad hour or a bad five minutes or a bad, you know, day in a whole seven days, that kind of thing. So, Mm. yeah, what you say, that polarity is true. (laughs) So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what stage of life you would currently describe that you're in right now. Oh. The stage where I'm 30 and I don't know how to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I'm in actually a really big transition stage in my life right now. A couple of years ago, I moved away from my hometown and started a job and then I got really sick. So came home, opened my own business thinking that was going to be amazing and easy and not stressful at all. So Mm -hmm. how wrong I was. but. Now that's grown and I'm in a transition of trying to not only grow my business but grow my relationship with my partner. We're building a house so there's changes happening there, transitioning from being sort of a very part-time step-parent to going to living with this family that's already sort of created Um, Mm -hmm. and then thinking about how we want to like introduce more children potentially one day and whether or not that's going to work in our life and what's that going to look like. So I guess I'm kind of at that tipping point of which way do I want to go? Mm. Which do I want to focus on more? Do I want to keep going down the business route and helping people or do I want to shift my focus and go down the family route and, you know, get married, have babies, become a full-time parent and I'm just 
in an internal battle with myself going, I've worked so hard, I don't want to do it, I, like I don't want to stop, but I'm 30 now and I'm going to run out of time if I don't, um, you know, start thinking about these things soon. So how do you, when you say you're internally battling those two those two options, how do you navigate that? What are some things that you've done to sort of get clear within yourself in regards to the decision that you want to make? I probably haven't done anything yet. Um, it becomes a real, like a real struggle. I spend a lot of time looking at other people's decisions actually mm-hmm. and seeing sort of what's worked for other people and imagining what my life could be like if I had gone down the path that they had chosen. So not necessarily comparing my life to theirs, but going, oh, I didn't think that I could do it that way. Maybe that way would work for me. So for example, I work predominantly from home. So being a stay-at-home parent and working from home is something that I could do, but do I want to do it? So I look at other working mums that do that and how they navigate it and go, oh, actually, I could probably implement that but would my anxiety handle that situation, um, that kind of thing? Um, spend a lot of time talking to my mum and my partner about what the future might look like depending on which way we go down, um, especially my partner because it's not, a, it's not a single decision. Whichever decision I make impacts him and his two boys as well. So mm-hmm. it's a sort of a four-way, four-way decision there. But journaling as well is great um I forget to journal but if I'm ever laying in bed at night and I just cannot turn my brain off if I write it all down I can go to sleep it's like I sit there and I repeat things in my head so I don't forget them so if I write them down you can't forget them because you can always go back to it and you can always go oh I thought this on that day but now I think this and that's okay but it's good to see the differences as I progress, I suppose. Yeah, journaling I have found to be, I go on and off meditating, but journaling for me I find to be by far the most effective tool for reducing anxiety or any stress and just feeling like I'm having that daily check-in. I just, I could not go without journaling now that I've gotten back into it. Yeah, I don't do it daily. I actually probably don't even do it weekly sometimes. It's really journaling for me is a, an outlet when I don't really want to talk to somebody because I feel mm-hmm. like maybe what I'll say will be judged um, mm-hmm. but still need to get it out. I'm no good at meditating. I actually don't like it. I understand the benefits. But for me, I personally don't like sitting with myself in that situation um, so that's why journaling is different because I can sort of be talking to myself at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people who don't necessarily enjoy meditating and don't feel like meditating is for them would reap those benefits from journaling because I think, I don't know if it's your situation, but for me sometimes when I don't feel like I want to meditate or don't feel like I can, it's because I have those thoughts racing and I know you're meant to acknowledge them and let them go or whatever. But for me, actually getting it out of my mind and onto paper is a lot more anxiety reducing. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with that because I I don't know if it's like OCD, but I will literally sit there and repeat the same sentence in my head 50,000 million times. But once I write it down, it's gone. Yeah. 
So yeah, just write it down. <laughs> exactly, because I think that when people say acknowledge it and then let it go, I'm the same as you. The other night I couldn't sleep and I wish I'd written this thing down. It was for something that I had to write about an intro on one of the websites that I have and I was like, oh, that would that would be so perfect for it. And then I said, no, just go to sleep. You'll do it in the morning. And I still don't know the exact way that I worded it and I loved it. So even if it's something as silly as that, I think that I would have been able to sleep much better and sooner if I'd just written it down. And then you would have remembered exactly what you wanted to say as well. Yeah, I know. I'm really trying to remember. I'm annoyed. <laughs> it's so frustrating though. Like, And we all do it. Everybody does it because you're in bed and you're trained to go, all right, I've got to go to sleep. But if you can't sleep, there's nothing wrong with getting up for 10 minutes and writing it down or going and having a glass of water or something like that and then getting back in bed and trying again. Mm. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it is hard. So I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk about Soulfully Women. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to create Soulfully Women and what is it? So Soulfully Women is a community of women struggling but don't necessarily want to talk about it or, you know, be really open about it, but they want somewhere to go that is going to provide information and some positive positivity, empowerment, and then we also run events. So health and wellness expos, we do teenager retreats, and by retreat I mean it's like a daily session. Um, we do retreats for women and then we have like speaker sessions where you can come and listen to somebody actually talk about their experiences. It's been such a great journey so far, but the reason that I created Soulfully Women is actually super selfish because I was struggling. So Mm -hmm. when I first moved back home, I was really, really, really sick and I just felt so alone. I didn't know how to talk to my parents about it because they hadn't been through what I was going through. And as parents, they were just worried. So they just wanted to sort of fix me. But I was 28 and I didn't want fixing. I just wanted somebody to listen. So I started talking about my journey and my experiences and realizing that there were other women out there that literally felt exactly the same way I did. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to build a community around myself of support. And by doing that, I ended up realising that I could help myself and support others while doing that so that they didn't have to feel like I felt. There's nothing worse than walking around in your day-to-day life thinking that you are the only person going through what you're going through when you know the woman that just walked past you with the screaming child probably feels exactly the same way but for a different reason so I just wanted to create something where women don't feel alone that they know that there's other people out there and once you feel like you're not alone you can overcome it I love that so much And I saw that you spoke on your platform um, about your experience with anxiety and you wrote, I know firsthand what it feels like to feel alone or like no one understands. Do you think that, I know that you said that that was an instigator to starting Soulfully Women, but that alone feeling and that anxiety, did that ever inhibit you while you were creating Soulfully Women? Was that something you had to keep battling with to actually show up and create this platform? 
No, actually, but I think that's because of my background. So I'm an event manager by, like, that's my career. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. So Mm. creating Soulfully Women was essentially just another part of my business. So I put my business brain or my business hat on and I was like, right, I've just got to get this done. This is, I'm my own client, essentially. And The whole time I've been working and things like that, my mum has always said to me that there is a business Casey and there is a personal Casey. And business Casey has her shit together. She gets stuff done. She's really focused and structured and it just happens. And then personal Casey is shy and scared and anxiety ridden and just can't do it. And she always said to me, if you just join them together, you'd be like, great, because you'd have a really nice balance. But I could never do that. So I guess what Soulfully Women did was create that balance. Mm. How, what, what was that experience like, sort of creating an event that I guess in one way is like, yeah, I've done this type of thing before, I can do it. But on the other hand, it was for you. You were your own client. What was that experience like? There was a lot of crying simply because I had to own up to a lot of stuff. So to be able to run an event is fine because generally you're behind the scenes and nobody sees you and you just make sure things run smoothly. But when you're the face of the event, your your vulnerability really needs to stand out. People need to be able to trust you. And that's something that I never realised before because there was never an emotional connection to any event that I'd done and it actually Mm -hmm. gave me such a beautiful understanding of one why clients get so upset when things don't go right which I never really understood before because I was like it's just an event who cares if people don't show up (laughs) but Mm. when the shoe's on the other foot and you want people to show up for you then you kind of go oh actually that was really painful that that person said that about me or that tickets didn't sell how I wanted them to sell. So being my own client was so eye-opening and I actually think it helped me step out of that comfort zone and be able to be vulnerable. And I've done multiple speeches now and even now I still cry, I still get emotional. It's still really raw for me and it's been such a big part of my life that I think if it If I didn't get those feelings, then, you know, I wouldn't be doing it right, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can so relate. I had my own event narration branch in my hometown and I have never been so stressed in my life the days leading up to that event. But the day was probably one of the best days of my life. And I remember (laughs) because one of my speakers pulled out because she wasn't well. And then it was also the time of the fires. And obviously the fires themselves were devastating. But we had um, stuff with the goodie bags still coming from Melbourne. It looks like it wouldn't be able to get there. And I remember just like sitting on the kitchen floor crying, saying to mum, I cannot handle if one more thing goes wrong. Like I cannot physically handle it because... And like you said, I think it's great because it, it gives you that perspective now of a client. So now when you work with your clients, you can, you understand those feelings. But I, for the first time planning an event was like, I did not think I was going to turn into a crazy person. And I did. <laughs> yeah. You, it's something that really can't be explained. 
to be honest, unless you've experienced it, it's similar to anxiety. Unless you've experienced it, you can't go up to somebody and be like, I know exactly how you're feeling. I know exactly why that didn't work out because Mm. it's so individual to each person. But once you've experienced it, you have some empathy towards the situation. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Which has probably been super helpful for you in your field. Yeah, I think it has. I mean, I'm still probably what people would call a bit of a ball buster when it comes to working. Um, and I still get like blinders on and I've got an end goal and I just sort of sprint down the line towards it and forget that mm-hmm. I've got people running beside me kind of thing. But I can definitely understand now and be more empathetic and sympathetic to somebody that comes to me and says, this isn't working. And rather than stepping in and going, well, tough luck, this is what you've chosen, it's more, okay, well, how do we want to work this then? What's the workaround? How can I make you feel more comfortable? And that's in every, that's in every aspect of life, really, not just business. Mm, yeah, 100%. Um, on the Softly Women website, you said, as women, we manage a household, work, look after children and everything in between. Softly Women encourages women to take time out for themselves, even just a few hours. I want to know, what are your three favourite ways to take time out for yourself? I like to step out of the house or just be by myself. Um, That's really, really good for my mental health, spending time alone, doing whatever I want. So sometimes I just honestly will just watch television and fall asleep in front of the TV and I wake up and I feel amazing. Um, I really like to read because it takes me into – this life that's not my own. It's a bit of an escape. I have quite a good imagination so I can picture it and I can be there for a little while. So regardless of what's going on in my own life, I get that that break. Um, mm. And I like to clean. I know that doesn't seem like taking time out for yourself, but it actually is so therapeutic for me to create order. And I think it's like an anxiety buster kind of thing. So when everything's in order, there's nothing to be anxious about because you've got control over the situation. So when the house is clean or the outside is clean and tidy, there's order and control. So, yeah, yeah. I get that. I think it's very hard to have a calm and clean internal environment when your external environment is not. Yeah, 100%. And makes me forget everything else too because I'm so focused on a task and I've got to get that job done so that's what I'm thinking about in the moment so if I'm you you'll often find me cleaning if I'm in a bad mood because it just releases all that tension and gets it all out I know a lot of people say um walking and getting out in nature is really good and things like that and I wholeheartedly agree with that but I'm lazy (laughs) and I just don't like it. Like I get really bored if I go on a walk and Mm -hmm. I have a life coach or I had a life coach and she would say, go out and go for a walk, put your headphones in, don't take photos of anything, don't record videos while you're walking, just walk. So I tried that a couple of times and I was like, I don't like this, this isn't for me. So Mm -hmm. I've had to find those other things um 
exercise is important. So I implement it into my life by way of if I go to the supermarket or something like that, I will park like two car parks away from where I have to walk. So I walk further. So like I implement it in smaller ways rather than parking right at the door and just walking in, those types of things. Mm-hmm. A long walk by myself for me isn't good for my mental health. Well, that's the thing. I think it's so different. What works for one person is not going to work for another. For me, I love walking. But on the other hand, I feel like if I know that I'm going to come home to my room being messy or the kitchen being messy, or I know I'm going to come home and I have lots of things to do, I would rather just take that day to sort things out instead of leaving it. Because the whole time I'm gone, I know that I'll be thinking about it. But I do try and walk pretty much most days. For me, I find that really calming. I think in summertime I probably will, but I'm a real cold frog and I just Uh. just do not like, like I live in Wagga and it is cold. Like Mm. do not enjoy the cold weather. I'm currently sitting with a blanket in like, like I'm freezing and I'm inside. So going outside is just not that much fun for me. No, I get that. It is starting to get so cold as well. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I know a driving force behind Softly Women was your passion to help and support women through challenges. When you personally encounter challenges, what are the ways that you overcome them? It depends on the challenge. Um, Sometimes I'm really great at it and sometimes I'm really bad at it. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, and I know unfortunately this isn't going to be the same situation or people aren't going to have the same support, but I'm really fortunate and really lucky that I'm quite close with my family and they do offer a lot of support. And I very heavily rely on my support network to help me overcome challenges. If it's work-related I and I can't do it myself, I can't figure a way out, I will talk to a colleague. Um, I'm not a shy person when it comes to asking for help and asking questions. I'm actually really annoying. Ask my accountant. I ask <laughs> so many questions. It's insane. But I, I know within myself that I don't always have the skills or the understanding to overcome things alone. So when I can, I sit with it. I'm an overanalyzer, so I analyze the situation, figure out either what went wrong, how can I do it better next time. Um, I read a lot of quotes and things like that. So I will, for example, if I've said something wrong or something like that and it becomes a real challenge in my head of, all right, I've just said this, now they're going to think this and I'll think about it for the next week, I'll actually Google things to do to get that out of my head whether that be journaling or finding somebody else that's done the same thing and can relate to that um I'd like to just talk to my mum my dad my brother sometimes because to be honest like he just doesn't care he's just one of those guys that's like you could talk to him for two hours and then say do you know what I said and you'd be like nah but it's (sighs) it's getting it out there so I'll be honest I don't overcome challenges alone probably 90% of the time I ask for help. That's a really good thing though, I think. I feel like if we applied that, what's that saying? A problem shared is a problem halved or a problem halved is a problem solved? I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? I don't know know it either, but I know exactly where you're going with that. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good thing. Um, I have one more question before our final segment. What have you learned through isolation? I have learned that I really like being isolated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, and honestly, I think that comes back to my anxiety. So anxiety for me is around illness. So I have like health anxiety food anxiety and travel anxiety. So there's three sort of different components to it. So Mm -hmm. being stuck at home means I'm safe. And in my job, I have to shake a lot of people's hands. And since day dot, I've always hated it. I've always had something in my hands and made it look like I can't shake people's hands. So there are actually things that have come out of this that for me, I quite like because they're not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned that I like I like being isolated. I like that people are now paying attention to germs and things like that. And I've actually learned that I'm so much stronger than what I thought I was. So I just mentioned that I've got health anxiety. So you would think somebody with health anxiety just wouldn't leave the house, right? If there's a pandemic going on, you would just basically – shut up shop and that would be it mm. but I've actually not I'm I've been able to carry on living a, a regular life and have belief in myself that I am able and that I am strong and that you know whatever will be will be kind of attitude but you've also got to be responsible yeah I think I think isolation has taught so many people so many different things which I think we need to take all the positives that we possibly can out of this situation. So, Yeah, I mean, there's been so much crap and I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the media. So I'm quite strong in that sense because I just don't like bad news. I think it's really depressing and that plays a role in my own mood, even if it's not directly impacting me. So mm-hmm. the willpower that I've been able to show um, – the strength that I've been able to show, especially in my relationship, my partner's a teacher, so he didn't get the isolation thing. He still had to go to work. He was frontline essential worker. So mm-hmm. just all of those things and just getting a real appreciation for life and what other people go through on a day-to-day basis. So our last segment is quick cues. So whatever comes to your head first when I ask. Oh, goodness me. Okay. what is your favorite day of the week Friday what is your favorite ice cream I know you say you don't eat dairy but I'm curious as to what dairy free ice cream you have um the Ben and Jerry's cookie dough is the bomb pasta or pizza pizza last book you finished um normal people that brings us to the end Casey thank you so much for joining us do you want to quickly talk about where people can find out more about soulfully women Sure. So um, Soulfully Women, we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and a website. So soulfullywomen.org if you're going for the website. And you can just search Soulfully Women on both social media platforms and I should pop up. Awesome. And I'll link all of those below for you guys to go and take a look. But Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. 
And that's a wrap on another episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you do like this episode, please share it to your stories as it really helps grow my audience. And if we can spread real health to more people, then why not? Talk to you guys in the next episode. But until then, I wish you happiness and real health.